Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Knowledge is Key. I'm your host, Key Renee, and I am so excited to be coming back, y'all. I know it's been a minute, but look, I got my setup all cute and stuff now. I got cute cameras, so now I feel all cute and stuff, and I'm just ready to get back into the swing of getting this information to you guys, you guys, because knowledge is definitely key, no pun intended, um, but yeah. This is, if you do not know what Knowledge is Key is, this is the only podcast out here specifically for first-generation entrepreneurs hosted by a very charming first-generation entrepreneur, myself. <laughs> um, if you have not, you know, went and, you know, you're just discovering me, please head to my website, keyrenee.com. Go to um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and check out the Knowledge is Key podcast. You can stream it there. And if you want to watch the visual portion of it, go to my website, keyrenee.com. There are 15 to 16 episodes up there. And each month we do a live version of the show. I mean, you guys might hear some little rattling in the background. That is my dog. He is cray cray. So he's going to be roaming around. I cannot you know, tell him to chill. Um, so without further ado, let's get into this episode because today we're going to be talking NFTs, okay? If you do not know or, you know, you're thinking about getting into the NFT space and you just want to learn a little bit, we're going to get some information for you right now, okay? So I'm going to be talking to Fran Relations. I actually met him in Miami. Um, if you follow my journey, then you know that I produce pop-ups for the sneaker brand Kai, which is owned by Cool Kai and David Weeks NYC. And we did a sneaker collaboration with Fran Relations in Miami um, for the Board 8 Yacht Club, which is one of the NFTs that he owns. Um, so we're about to be talking with him about NFTs, NFT space, and then also his NFT um, group, Sneaker punks, okay? So let's bring in Franelation. Okay, okay. I knew I had to put on that mic first. Something. But hey, how are you? I'm actually going to wear these headphones because now I realize I can hear you in my headphones and I cannot hear you outside of my headphones. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen you since Miami. Yeah, yeah it's been a minute. I know, I know. So um, I said it in the intro, you guys, but we met in Miami um, at an event that I was producing. Mm -hmm. um, and I have this shoe here, which is crazy because when I was like looking back at everything you did, I'm like, yo, he was like, you're like crazy in the sneaker world. And if people know about sneaker shows, those are some of the craziest events. And if you have not experienced a sneaker show, yeah. you definitely should go to a sneaker show. Like, that's facts it's like be like little eight-year-old kids walking around with sneakers in their hands like yo i got the plug <laughs> yeah exactly it wasn't always like that but that's definitely what it's like now for sure uh having been in this for the past pretty much 20 years at this point um but yeah yeah it, it's definitely an experience yeah i feel like uh, when i was or the last one i went to actually was like we like right before the pandemic actually that's mm -hmm. where i got COVID at I was oh, sicker and sicker and sicker in the actual like convention at the, oh, at the booth I was yeah. working. And I remember there was like a, a guy with his son and he was like, you know, I bring my son here to teach him about business. Yep. And I was like, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Love it. Love to see it. Yeah. But you, you've definitely made a smooth transition into a whole new market yeah. um, with these NFTs. And, you know, for everyone listening, we're going to definitely explore what NFTs are, um, for people who do not know what an NFT is, do you want to briefly just like, you know, quickly like explain like in, in layman's term. <laughs> yeah. What an NFT is. 
So yeah, NFTs are non-fungible tokens. And the idea here is kind of using crypto tokens. And um, so anyone who's familiar with cryptocurrency, the idea is you would pair an image to a token and that'd be um, you know, uh, undisputable that said token was minted on said date at said time and it sold for said price. So all of that's on the ledger and uh, there's no way of refuting that, altering it, changing it, it's there uh, on the public ledger for everyone to see. Which and is, so, oh, sorry, that's the blockchain, right? The blockchain, yeah, exactly. And so me as a lifelong collector, you know, the idea of instantly receiving something and knowing that it's authentic, not needing to get, you know, now at these sneaker events that you're talking about, you can get your shoes legit checked and stuff like this. And um, yeah, all that's baked in, all that, you could see all the price history, it's like nothing we've ever had before um, as far as technology goes. And so, like I said, as a lifelong collector, uh, I was instantly drawn in and th there's just so many ways that it changes pretty much everything for collectors and creators too. Yeah, and, and you're on both sides of it. And we'll talk about that a little bit later because you collect and you also have your own collection that you trade. It would be trade, not sell, right? Yeah, so I created my own collection and now people are trading it amongst themselves and, and, and you know, uh, flipping it and so on. So it's been a fun experience. Yeah, so let's start with your first step into NFTs because I'm sure you didn't just jump in and mm -hmm. the board ape was not the first NFT that you said, I'm just going to go all in. So what was like the very first one that you purchased and what was your mindset behind that first one that you purchased? It's funny, you're right. The board ape wasn't my first one. However, my first one was actually like even like a, a bigger leap. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I got into board ape so early that no one really knew what they'd be at that time. But um, so yeah, um, so the first entry to NFTs for me was this app called Vivi. And um, what they specialized, specialized in was digital collectibles um, by like licensed um, products. So like DC Comics, uh, uh, Cartoon Networks, Powerpuff Girls, just established brands. And so I had heard about NFTs before, you know, when I, when I jumped into crypto in 2017, I'd watch every documentary there was to try to learn more about crypto. And they'd always have a segment about NFTs and it'd be these, what I, what I thought of was like crazy people auctioning off these digital images. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're spending 10,000, 50,000 on, I could see the image right there. Everyone could see it. What do you mean? And so yeah. I didn't grasp it until I saw these big brands jump in. And that's when I was like, all right, this is official and this is going to be huge. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, although I started with VV, those weren't on like the Ethereum blockchain. So my first NFT was a month later, I got, um, MeBits. MeBits was the second project done by, um, CryptoPunks and CryptoPunks at the time, that was the top tier, like not reachable, un unobtainable. And those originally came out in 2017. And so this was their first project since then. And this was in early 2021. So I think the end of April, uh, 2021. And so I minted one and it was pretty expensive. Uh, I had never really done a purchase is, like this. What does minted mean? Okay. So minting is basically, if you think of um, uh, like blind box collectibles, you basically, uh, or even a pack of cards, you're buying, you know what the brand is, but you don't know exactly what you're going to get. You, you're right. going to get a figure. It's going to have certain traits. It might have a blue hat, a red hat, no hat, earrings, whatever it may be. And this is kind of how the rarity comes is the random rolls. You might get the most rare thing, it might be super colorful or, or whatever it might be to indicate that it's super rare. And so I minted a me bit and it was 2.5 Ethereum. So it was, it was a big purchase. It was, at this time, ETH was higher too. So it was, you know, 
thousands of dollars. Yeah. I had never really done anything like this before. However, you know, CryptoPunks already had the track record and I had been in crypto for the past three or four years. So, you know, the, the value of what I first put in had, had grown. And so I felt comfortable um, trying something new, basically. Yeah. So I bought it and I actually didn't really like the traits and I listed, I paid 2.5 and I listed for seven ETH. It sold in 40 seconds. Oh shit. And we are a lot of cuss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I had never experienced anything like that. I didn't expect anything like that. And so I was hooked and uh, I, I bought another one. I was like, okay, this one I actually liked. And I bought another one. And it took, I think about two hours or so for them to sell out. And in this time I ended up buying eight. And I think that night I sold like three of them okay. and it recouped my cost. And so I was just free rolling at that point. And um, the next day, this is when I started seeing everyone on Twitter with the board eight profile picks. And I think it had just sold out maybe four or five days before that. And I was like, you know, everyone has these things. I need to at least grab one. And so I remember looking at the site for hours and I just didn't get it. I was like, what, like, what is this? Like, like, what, what should I be? So I literally just looked for the most bored ape I could find. And so, what, I mean, how could you, they're all pretty bored. Right. Know, design. So, so what exactly, you know, was yeah. the. Yeah. So what I did was since it was called board ape yacht club, I got like a, a sailor's hat for the yacht. There was an expression called board and I just got like the basic skin, the basic brown fur, which is like the lowest tier. And yeah. so I was like, yeah, that, this is the most board ape yacht club I can get. And so that's what I did. At the time I paid 0.4 Ethereum for it. The floor was actually 0.2. And I, I later realized it was one of the most common ones you could possibly get. So I technically got ripped off at this time. Okay. And so I, I just had it and kind of forgot about it. At this time, I wasn't all in on NFTs. I, I was still very much, uh, you know, always been a gamer my whole life. And so I was, you know, doing my own thing or whatever. And I, I started getting offers a month later for, you know, 2X, 3X what I paid for it. And I was like, heck yeah, like this is amazing. And so I actually sold my first one a month later for 3X. So it was like- I'm gonna have you do a breakdown because I wanna be just as excited as you about this sale. Yeah. What is the currency ratio ETH to dollar? Yeah, so I paid 0.4 ETH. It was probably about $1,000 roughly at that time. And I sold it for something around like $3,200. And I thought I was like the man for, <laughs> for, for doing this, you know? And, yeah. and so um, the next day they announced that anyone that had a board ape would get a free dog, the, the Kennel Club, which was their next product. Yeah, and so the price skyrocketed to like four Ethereum. And I'm like, all right, I, I messed up. And I was, I was, remember, I was very like bitter. I was very salty about this. And I was like, yeah, it's going to crash after that. I'm not but too concerned. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that, because it's an NFT and you own like the, like the contract to it, mm -hmm. didn't, didn't, weren't you able to put a, um, what do they call a royalty fee on the one that you sold or are you not allowed so, to do that through these type of ones? So the way that works is for the creators. Um, so, so with my project, when someone trades my project, I'm, I'm getting a percentage of each of those sales. Okay. And so I have a uh, 1,300 pieces in that collection and every time, one of them exchanges, I'm getting a piece of it. And same thing with the board apes. So every time there's these 200,000, 100,000, a million dollar sales, yeah. uh, Yuga Labs is getting 2.5% of each of those sales. So if you sell one of your apes, once mm -hmm. you sell it, what you make is just what you make and you don't get to like now add your own percentage so that now you get to continue to eat off of that one. Correct. And I also didn't get to uh, get that next mint, which was the dog, which- so That's why you were big. 
yeah what people were doing really was they were selling the dog for as much as i sold the ape and they'd keep the ape and you know they, they free rolled at that point and so so i messed that one up a bit and I, I was bitter about it for a while and um a few months later the floor on them was getting to i think it was around like seven eth seven ethereum at this point and i was like you know what i, I need to get back in like i messed up and i think this is going somewhere yeah. and so i bought back in and a couple weeks later I actually ended up buying another one. So at one point I did have two. And, you know, since that period of time, I, I've always been in, you know, um, I, I've sold some of mine. I might be out for like a day and I'll end up getting a, a cheaper one or something like that. But I've pretty much consistently been in and and really Bored Apes has been the play for NFTs. There, there hasn't been a bit better execution of value or delivery of value. Really what these things are, are memberships. So like I mentioned before, is you get the dog. Later on, uh, we got mutants. And after that, we got um, basically ApeCoin, which is their own cryptocurrency. Okay. And lastly, we got the land. So if you were holding this ape, you got multiple thousands of dollars airdropped to you. Yeah. And you know, th there's already um, stuff in the works for, for other projects coming that they're going to be airdropping as well. So really, this is a mem membership to their uh, um, IRL events, a membership uh, pretty much for networking. I've, I've met so many amazing people that are in the club as well. Um, and, and how we met was actually using the IP rights of Ape. I, I did a collaboration on the sneaker that you showed. Yeah, I was in the, so you guys can see, and I have not worn mine yet because I was <laughs> like, I feel like it's a collectibles item that I need to just hold on to. <laughs> most definitely, most yeah. definitely. Yeah. And, so how and does so, yeah. that work when you're able to outsource and do merch deals with your Ape? You're, you get to keep all of those profits and you do not have to give any of that revenue share back to the original founders, correct? That is correct. That, that is the way they designed it. And it was really groundbreaking at the time. A, a lot of other companies have started, uh, NFT companies have tried to you know, duplicate it, but really the recognition is with the board apes. And so, although a lot of the other ones give the IP rights, it, it's kind of a hard sale going to a brand and showing, you know, I have this asset. Well, they're like, well, I could just buy one. But with the board apes, yeah. the price is up there to this point where, you know, it really, it almost makes you like a, a an umbrella of the company or, or like a, another, um, you know, um, uh, department of, of the company. Yeah. And so it, it's really something that has not been done before. It's almost like, uh, I don't know if this is the right wording, but like a crowdsourced company is like yeah. every every person is off doing their own thing. There's people that have done drinks and coffees and th their own weed brands and, and, and whatever you, you can think of. And um, it's pretty cool to be a, at the beginning of something that really th there's nothing else like it. So. Yeah. And I, well, I think not even the beginning of of board eight, but also because technically we're still like in the beginning phases of this whole NFT space, oh, yeah. blockchain. How do you mm -hmm. think the, because I think the NFTs, not that it's a fad, but I think it's going to mm -hmm. phase out over the next years, but the technology behind it is what I think when I like do most of my research and just be paying attention to like what it's doing is like what's really going to like stick around. So yeah. like, how do you feel about what blockchain is going to do to the future of business? Yeah, I think it's going to change everything, right? You can even think of like a music artist, right? So, someone who maybe originally they felt like they needed to sign to someone, but now they can release their own music as an NFT and their fans almost have like a piece of their career almost. That that artist ends up blowing up and being the next, I don't know, Juice World or whatever it is. And now that NFT has value and it's still being traded. And, you know, even off the initial sale, that artist might make, you know, a million, two million for selling out and they're still getting constant re revenue yeah. from all the resale of it and so it, it really changes everything for for both the fan and the creator 
Um, because, you know, myself as a Nike or even Supreme collector back in the day, if I, if I got a, a shirt from Supreme and, and posted a video on it and, and they started blowing up, it, it doesn't, uh, you know, add any value to me, but w- with these NFTs, it, it's a, an ecosystem. So once one person shares it, posts it, collabs somewhere else, that's almost increasing the value of my NFT as well. And so um, it, it's really a, um, a brand new ecosystem that hasn't been, hasn't been done before. Yeah, I mean, and but for me, I'm trying to, I be, I be trying to like paying attention, and I think that there's still like some scary aspects to it because it's yeah. controlled digitally, and I know they say it's controlled by the users who are controlling and making sure that they're inputting things, and I'm just like, I want to find who are these people, <laughs> like that they're talking about. So do you, do you sometimes still get a little apprehensive and fearful within like the fact that it's still something that's like growing and they're still building it? Yeah, so, you know, there are a lot of, like, I guess, bumps in the road or whatever you'd call it. So really, like, uh, an example is right now, uh, the, the way we're used to, like, um, holding our assets, we'll have our, our currency in a bank, and, you know, it's it's uh, uh, protected and everything like this. We're really our own, you know, self, self-banking self or self-custodial um, collectors at this point with crypto and NFTs. And so there are a lot of... Um, issues with that you know people forgetting passwords and permanently yeah, yeah. losing ac- uh, access to you know whatever it is and, and and not just that there's a lot of um um you know people that are, are trying to profit off of um knowing um um i guess how to reverse engineer these situations so uh, basically w- with these um devices you'll be signing contracts and that's how you'll interact with the blo- blockchain and there are malicious contracts that you could sign and it, it'll totally expose your wallet. And now someone can literally just reach in, grab whatever items out of your, your, your stuff. And there's no customer service to call to. There's no oh, calling wow. a board ape, can I get another one? You have the one, that, that's it. And so, so, it's like, so it's kind of like, just like in the real world, somebody can basically break into your bank. Yeah. And all your stuff, but except for in the real world, there's like insurance behind it and you can, you know, maybe file an insurance claim or whatever. But with blockchain, as of right now, that technology yes. does not exist. Yeah. And I think those type of things will smooth out. I mean, there's always going to be scammers, no matter, you know, this doesn't change the problem of there's scammers in the world. Um, that It doesn't fix that, but it, it does solve a lot, a lot of other problems. And I think there will be systems Im- implemented to make this stuff um you know, harder for scammers to do and easier for people to recover their stuff. It just takes time. Like if you think of, you know, dial up internet in the nineties, it's nothing like even what we're doing right now with this, uh, you know, call right here is technology changes so rapidly. And I I really think of it as like uh, people using crypto and stuff right now, we're really like the the beta testers kind of figuring out what needs to be fixed so that then the programmers can go fix these things. And so that takes time. And I think that's another reason why we won't see mass adoption for quite some time um, because, you know, someone's uh, aunt or uncle or grandma, they're not going to know what a seed phrase is or how to, you know, set up a ledger to store their, um, their assets. And so uh, a lot of that stuff needs fixing. And I think that'll happen in time. I think one thing that, you know, and this is just, you know, from a, from a small town chick, one thing that can help a uh, universe or, you know, universify or unify, whatever the word yeah. would be, um, is um, adapting to a um, a more relatable language. <laughs> yeah, I think the language within the world of NFTs is mm-hmm. such it's it's so intimidating that yeah. it it makes people not want to get into it because you start getting like mind blown by like all these language and these words and these phrases. It's like cash, yeah. money, twenty dollar bill, fifty. That was so much easier. <laughs> 
Yeah, the way I think of it is, is like we all use the phone every day, and we don't know how, like, we don't know exactly how that works. Is how how right. one person's voice is going from you know one place to another. I don't think we need to understand exactly how this works. I think it just needs to be simplified. And again, I think that comes with time. And so, um, I hope that it will be just as easy as like you said, as you know, you want to spend twenty bucks, you spend twenty bucks, and and that's what it is. And so. Um, yeah, I, I do agree. There's definitely a language barriers, even with the word I said earlier with minting and yeah, smart yeah. contracts and, and so on. And so, yeah. Question. On your screen, am I frozen? Yeah, yeah. That's um, what I that... thought. On my screen, I am too. Okay, hold on. Let me go to this camera really fast. Okay. Okay, it's okay. The camera didn't want us to be great. So <laughs> we're going to switch over to just regular blurry Zoom and we're going to finish this because it's all good. Awesome. Uh, so, um, Okay, so when it comes to like this money and all this language and stuff, I know, and you've built your own NFT space and community. Um, mm -hmm. So can we like get into exactly what it took for you to build out your own? Um, yeah. I know that that probably wasn't easy. Yeah. Um, so like I said, VV was my entry into um, NFTs and that was in March, but it was off the Ethereum blockchain. In April, I jumped onto OpenSeas, which is like the biggest trading platform for NFTs. You can think of it almost like an eBay or an Amazon or whatever way you want to think of it. And and within a few days of being on OpenSeas, um, I um, I found a collection I liked, and the the one of the collections I liked I, I purchased, and uh, this lady who who did the art for it was like just tweeting the storyline. Uh, Franalations has uh, acquired this elven warrior and joined uh, the tribe of and just had this whole like role-playing storyline of these elves that I had purchased and you know so I, I stayed in uh, communication with her and I literally asked I was like you know you inspired me like what programs did you use to start making these and um, that was one of the first things that really drew me to this um, the space is people were just so giving of their information and their time um, yeah. because there's so much to unpack and so, um, yeah, I found the program. I have no prior history in art or anything like this, but I've always um, collected and I've always um, enjoyed, you know, just creating in general. I, I did have a footwear brand um, before this. And so the idea of merging, you know, sneaker related imagery and this uh, space that I was becoming so passionate about, uh, I was very excited to do. And so I spent a weekend just watching videos on how to do it and um, calling up friends to figure out stuff. And so the first iteration of it, um, uh, I guess, was done um, kind of janky. And I, I did have uh, improvements upon it on the second, uh, the version two, uh, which uh, one of my high school friends helped me with the coding on that one, because that one was a lot more uh, intensive. I had the actual website to, to go ahead and mint them, whereas the first phase of me doing it, I was just um, minting them directly to open seas and then people could purchase from there. And so, um, yeah, it, it's definitely been a learn, learning experience. I, I, I had some crypto knowledge, but as far as this stuff, this was all new to me. So um, yeah, it was yeah. just really the, the passion that really uh, got me in there and got me, you know, diving in. From being on like both sides of the spectrum, yeah. um, what do you feel, um, what do you like to be most? Do you like to be on the collector side or do you like to be on the creator side? I like both. Uh, I like delivering new um, ideas or, or new products um, to, you know, uh, people that have supported what I'm doing. Um, and as a fan, I love speculating, right? Like I already said that 
the board apes is a membership and we will get future items of future utility and i'll spend all night on, on the twitter spaces talking to people and speculating oh i think the the board ape uh mecha dogs are gonna have weapons that you know do damage in the game and other and just just nerd out um for hours and so i really love both parts and um i've gone to to meetups for nfts and it's, it's been so much fun hearing people's stories. You know, I, I have a friend, he was a substitute teacher in Chicago when he started buying CryptoPunks in 2019, I want to say, for $200 a pop. And, you know, uh, at $200 a pop, especially for a digital image, his wife was like, what are you doing? What do you mean you're buying these digital pictures for $200? You know, he actually sold one of those digital pictures during this bull run, the end of last year, for $1.7 million. Wow. Yeah. And so, wow. So, the, the potential, you know, is so insane. You know, not everyone's going to have that experience, but the idea that, like I said, a substitute teacher was able to quit his job and, and do this full time, uh, just follow his passion. It, the opportunity is, is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about, because I know that there's been a lot of talk where it's like the gas fees are making it harder for people to like, yeah. you know, do what he did. So, yeah. um, how do you feel about that? Yeah, and that was really going on towards the end of last year. Um, at the end of the day, um, you know, Ethereum, I think, released in like 2013. So um, as more people join on, uh, it, basically the way it works is normally if you were, let's say, in line at a fast food place or Starbucks, they would serve you in the order that you came. But in NFTs, the way the gas works is the person who's paying the most gets... Um, to get their transaction go through the quickest. Okay. So really it became this shit show of people, literally for the other side, people were spending, I think it was like $5,000 just to mint. That, that doesn't give you the item, that's not the cost of the item, that's, that's to get your transaction processed. And so it, it was really getting out of hand, but since then, you know, the prices have has dropped on stuff. And with that, people have gone away, there's less um, congestion on the network. But, you know, the, the idea is we'd want that same amount of people, if not more, to be joining the network. And so there's actually an update coming for Ethereum. ETH 2.0 is supposedly uh, releasing uh, next month, which this is the first time we've actually had a date for it. I think they said around the 15th. And I've been hearing rumors of uh, ETH 2.0 since 2017 when I got into crypto. So, you know, hopefully it actually happens this time. Like I said, this is the first time we, we ha we've had a, an actual date for it. And so, um, you know, with these updates, it's supposed to you know, decrease the, um, the the cost of gas. Even right now, with, with less um, traffic, it's still about five dollars, which you know, it's it's still a, a good amount, but it's nowhere near the thousands of dollars that it was. Yeah. And so th there are other networks where, like Solana, it, I think it costs a fraction of a cent. And so the idea that Ethereum would maybe one day be able to get there, I think that would be the best case scenario. Yeah. Um, but for now, you're kind of paying the price to be on the most use network. Uh, I was going to say, maybe it's too, or not that it's too popular, but it's kind of like Ethereum is like the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> NBA. And it's like, either you want to be on the Lakers or you want to be on, okay, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just going to say the Timberwolves because I don't know yeah. nobody. <laughs> yeah. Like, right, right. But yeah, it's, no, it's, it's like, it's like that. that, right? Yeah, it's the recognition. And it's also where everyone is at. That, that's where the most, you know, you might not be able to get, like I said, that 1.7 sale on a different network because everyone is, is on this network. So um, yeah, but like I've said uh, previously about other things, I think a lot of that stuff gets worked out over time. We are dealing with the technology here and we've seen how quickly, uh, you know, even in, in our lifetime technology 
usually rapidly uh, improves over time. Yeah, it does. And I think that, you know, even like getting more information, getting to meet more people who are in within the space. Um, um, I definitely think it's going to be something that is, and I, I was listening to a podcast earlier and they were saying something that passed the, or actually the founders of the board ape, something that passed the mom test, you know? Yeah. Um, so I do think that eventually once more people, you know, become less afraid of what it's doing, um, it's definitely going to take wind a lot more. I think so too. Um, and it, it'll, I think it's going to happen in a way that people won't even know that they have NFTs. They'll buy a ticket to a game or whatever, and that will be an NFT. And they're just going about their regular lives and you know, not knowing that they're exposed to NFTs. I, I think that's really the way it'll end up. Yeah. And I, then before we go, there's going to be two things. But before we go, the first thing, um, we, I heard you on another podcast talking about how NFTs are going to, are not NFTs, the blockchain is going to be like a way where eventually we'll be able to um, purchase homes purchase cars and do all that. Why did, why do you think that? And uh, what about blockchain um, shows you that that's where it's moving to? The fact that it's a public ledger in general, I think that is just the way that every transaction will be right now. You know, you, you may have an invoice from here and here and it, it's all over the place. The idea that everyone's uh, transactions are all in one space and publicly seen, I think that's the way that it's going, whether uh, we like it or not. And and, you know, there are incentives, like I said, it's like um, the way I think of crypto, it's, it's like, uh, you know, the financial system 2.0. And so um, there are, if you have $10 in your bank account, it's not really going to appreciate in a major way. But if you have $10 in crypto, it might have been in Dogecoin and you look back at it in a couple of years and it's a million dollars. And so the idea that, um, um, you know, paper currency is going to be continued to use in 20, 30 years, I don't think that'll be the case. I think crypto will. And at that point, everything will be on the, the, the blockchain, the public ledger. All right. Well, listen, all you, everyone who got something to hide, it's time to clean up your credit. <laughs> exactly. Get it together because everything probably will be public pretty soon. Um, I mean, I think that's where the world's going anyway, these rings, all these things. Um, yep. So um, the last thing that we want to do is um, for anyone who is thinking about entering into the crypto space, mm -hmm. what words of advice do you have for them? Yeah. I mean, um, my, my greatest tool is literally um, getting on Twitter spaces. So if no one's, if you aren't familiar with Twitter spaces, if you go on your Twitter app at the very top, there should be these little chat bubbles that you can click on. And there's actually, a, I think they added a fifth button at the bottom that you can click on. And you can type in and kind of search for crypto topics or, or whatever it may be. And really just start following people in those rooms. Um, it's also a great way to to network. My, my following on Twitter was at like 10,000 um, for the past like five years or so. And then having jumped into crypto uh, and Twitter for NFTs, I'm at about 40,000 now. And it's really just from staying in those rooms and making those connections. If you're kind of shy or embarrassed or just want to learn and you don't even want to go up to speak, that's fine. Literally just being in those rooms, people are going to click on your profile uh, and, and follow you. And so, um, yeah, uh, beyond the following, um, it's a great way to learn. If, if you don't want to step up there and, and ask the questions, there's always people every night, someone's new to the space and they're asking, you know, what's a MetaMask? How do, how do I do it? And, and so on. And so there is a lot of information you can find it on YouTube and stuff. I, I find Twitter space. So you can actually have someone there walking you through it, like, you know, um, in real time. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's no better resource in my opinion than Twitter spaces. Um, and, and yeah, um, 
Yeah, if you're just getting into crypto, there's uh, plenty of exchanges, whether it's Coinbase or, or Binance. And really, I, I feel like that's the starting point is, you know, I didn't touch NFTs until years after having crypto, uh, crypto exposure. You don't necessarily have to wait as long as I did. But um, yeah, that, that's the starting point, I would say, starting with the crypto wallet if you don't have one yet. Um, and, and really, uh, you know, securing your, your assets, um, getting a, a hot wallet or a cold wallet to store your assets off of the exchanges. Because if you have it on the exchanges, unfortunately, you know, let's say they close down or something like that, you might be, you know, shit out of luck and not have your crypto. So you're really going to want it on your own storage device so that um, you're keeping it safe and it, it's in your custody. All right, bet. I, I didn't even know that you had to like take it out of there and go store it somewhere else. Um, a lot of good information. Um, yeah. Fred, I thank you so, so, so much for taking time to come no with me. Um, we appreciate you. And I, you know, definitely, I can't wait to see you again. Let me know when you're going to do some yeah. live activation for your NFTs. Um, Cause you definitely might as well. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. So everyone out there, thank you guys so much for tuning in with us today on Knowledge is Key. Um, if you have any questions, anything, feel free to either leave them in the comments or feel free to DM. Um, and I'll see if I can get some questions answered or explained because I know there was a lot of language in here today. guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but outside of that, you guys have a great day. And Fran, you have a great day, too. I am Q&A. Well. And this is Knowledge is Key. Peace, guys. See ya.